Welcome to the KLE Podcast with your host, Sean Smith. Encouraging and equipping leaders with a kingdom mindset to inspire, to influence, and to impact your culture where you are every single day. And now for today's episode. morning and welcome to KLE. This is uh, Sean, your host, and Steve Bissett, your host, all the way from Pennsylvania and from Texas. Great to be with you. Welcome, Steve, again to another episode down the line. I don't know how many we've been doing, like a year and a bit, a year and a half already. I think so, yes. Yeah. So, um, our discussion obviously has already begun. We like half an hour into it, I think, maybe 20 minutes into it already. Um, besides the technological challenges we've had, um, us men balded and grayed, we find that our challenges arise. But great to have you with us. And if you can't watch the video on YouTube or on our page, KLE podcast page, you can also get us on the KLE podcast. So um, you can listen, driving down the road, cooking your food, uh, sitting in places where it's quiet and uh, walking around the park, go for a walk, put on your headphones, you know, nice Bluetooth headphones or something and listen to Sean and Steve just inspiring you <laughs> to new thinking and challenging your whole mindset. <laughs> And that's what we want to do. So our conversation is welcome to our conversation. This is our Friday conversation. And we have become discussing how, um, well, yes, <laughs> how people stay outside of the kingdom when they're actually inside the kingdom. And then they try and get into the kingdom by doing a whole bunch of regulations, fulfilling some some. Um, things that they feel they need to fulfill if they're good enough they can be part of the kingdom or they want to put the little word kingdom of god on everything and say we've got it now because look and there's there's a shift that's got to happen and they haven't understood the shift so over to you steve you were saying well what we were saying was it was like a it was almost like i i'm inside my house my own house and I'm still trying to figure out how to buy it or how to find the front door to get in, but I'm already inside. Yeah. It's already my house. And yet I'm trying to figure out how it can become mine. It's just a strange, uh, with the kingdom of God, you're born into it. I mean, it's not something you have to try to attain or try to get into. In fact, it says the kingdom of God is within you. If that's the case, how can I get any further inside it? <laughs> You know, how, how can, now I know to function in it, it becomes totally different because it is a mind change. It is a shift. It is a total different way of looking at things because you're <laughs> looking at it from the perspective of a king. Yeah. The king. How does he see it? What does he believe? What does he think about this? But, um, and that's where we get into a little bit of trouble because a lot of people believe that um, God believes that certain things are important that we have to do. So therefore, now in order to become part of the kingdom, I have to do those things. So yeah. it becomes a law again in order to have something that I already have. Um, same thing with healing. Is God going to heal? Is it his will to heal? 
I've never questioned whether or not it was his will to heal because it says by his stripes, I have been healed. So 2000 years ago, he already bore my sickness, and my disease. The new covenant is all about past tense, the past tense of the gospel. It's about something that's already been done for you. Whereas the old covenant is something you have to do in order to get the promise fulfilled. Right. The new covenant is the promise has already been fulfilled, whatever the promise is. Yeah. It's been fulfilled. It's complete in Christ. So therefore, I am in this covenant. I am in the promise. In fact, I am the promise. Right. Um, so, and then something you began to say was there's two things that keep it out, you know, keep out the kingdom or keep us outside of the kingdom. And one of those is religion. And the other one was what? Ignorance. Oh, ignorant. <laughs> That's the one I forget. <laughs> That's what I'm ignorant to. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. Two enemies, two enemies of, for the citizens of the kingdom of God is, or the kingdom of heaven is in fact, ignorance and religion. So, you know, it's like, you remember the guy that got on the ship and he, from coming from uh, Europe to America and he gets a ticket, man. And he's, uh, He's got his little cabin, but he reckon he's got no money. He's just like got the ticket. And so he saved up all his money, bought a ticket, and that's all he's got. So he right, gets on the ship with his ticket and he gets into his cabin. So, But he manages to, to buy a packet of crackers and, and a block of cheese. And so he's like just eating a cracker every meal with a bit of cheese on and it took, I think it took something like two or three weeks to get from Europe to here in the old days. And so he's eating one cracker every meal, man. And the guy's starving, drinking water to try and help him through. And and uh, he's like looking rather skinny by the time he hits the sh hits the, the shoreline, you know, just outside New York. And, um, and he, he says to one of the crew members, he says, well, I'm on my last cracker. And the guy says, crackers? But why? why aren't you eating in the dining hall? And he goes, no, I can't afford to buy the food. And he says, no, it's included in your ticket. <laughs> so, you know, he starved all the way across. Um, and when he had access to everything on the on board ship, you know, so, and that's pretty much how we are. We're ignorant to our rights and our privileges as citizens, our realities as a new creature in Christ. And, and then, of course, religion being giving you hurdles and hoops, giving you, um, you know, regulations and laws and rules and, and implicit kind of standards that you've got to reach to be kingdom, you know. And, uh, and of course, what it does is it just keeps everybody out. You're not good enough to consider yourself to be part of the kingdom. Right. And part of it is, too, if if I've started this certain culture, it's so that uh, people feel outside the kingdom unless they do it my way. Ah. So it's it is a way of control. It is a way of keeping yeah. your ministry or keeping your group or keeping people following you because you're the one with the revelation. You're yeah. the one that has the understanding. You're the one that has the kingdom. Yeah. Uh, outside of you, there is no salvation, basically. Yeah. Well, that's what we heard somebody saying, um, you know, they all Babylon, we're Zion. 
Right. But when <laughs> it got to the place that he was Zion and everybody else was Babylon, and I'm, okay, something is very wrong with this, you know. Um, and that's it. Religion always divides. That's what we got to understand. Religion divides and uh, causes huge schisms, you know, between people. So it always gives you this, I'm unique, so unique that nobody else can fit into my uniqueness, you know? Right. And, uh, and missing the point altogether, just missing the point of the kingdom altogether. Because the kingdom of God is the culture of the kingdom. It's the glory. It's the presence of God. And so we have that dwelling on the inside of us. We're supposed to take it into the world and reflect it to everybody, not, not um, keep it to ourselves to show how. Right. You know, well, this is that part of the whole thing of the laying on of hands is that Christ told him, he says, now, I want you to demonstrate the kingdom of heaven. In other words, go go heal all the sick, cast out devils, do all this stuff, because I want you to demonstrate or show them, tell them that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's right here. It's right now. This is a different king. You're under a different dominion. You're under a brand new kingdom. I've always figured that if, if, if what you're teaching does not bring liberty, yeah. then it's not of the spirit of God. Exactly. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. There's liberty. So yeah. the whole thing that I'm doing should make you realize who you are as far as born into the kingdom, born free, a separated at birth into the kingdom separated at birth unto his purpose and unto his will you right. are you do have the mind of christ already you yeah. you're not having to try to get something all the time exactly this is who you are yeah and that's why it says in james you know uh looking as it were uh the reason you're not a doer of the word and just a hearer only is because you've looked in the mirror and forgot who you were yeah. yeah so and but if we remember who we are it says if we look into the perfect law of liberty law of liberty i'll say that again law of liberty if we look into that perfect law of liberty and we see who we really are we will naturally do that word because we believe we're going to do whoever we believe we are that's, that's it plain and simple yeah, yeah well that's it and you know i always related to this is that if you know when you went to africa i go to africa and we go but you go as american citizen you don't change your citizenship. You are American. You right, right. American culture with you um, in that sense, because you do it your way, the way that you, I mean, we adapt to whatever the cultures are around us, and that's got some significance in it as well, some, some lesson in there. But the fact is, is that, you, you know, just because you've gone to another place doesn't change who you are. And, and because you are naturally American, you're born American, you you're an American citizen, you carry American passport, you know, and, and so that's who you are. You can't change that. And, and you're noticeable when you're going to another country, you know, people notice you. It's like, yeah, I, I jump on the radio, on the, on the bus, and everybody goes, what is that accent? I thought you were South African. I thought you were South African. So, so um, you know, it's just because my language, and that is your biggest thing. So you said something earlier it's the the perception what we perceive to be and there's the problem the problem that's true is our perception is 
we've either got a Gentile perception, heathen perception, and Jesus said this. He said, um, why do you scrounge like the heathen or the pagan or the, um, you know, or the Gentiles do? He said, why do you scrounge for these things like they do? Don't you know your father knows you need these things? But um, where, you know, where are you, oh, your little faith? You know, so where, where are you with undeveloped faith? So you, you're supposed to be trusting your father in these things. But what we do is we gravitate to that Gentile. So we can either be this Gentile perception or a religious church, you know, kind of perception where, and, and I'm not saying, and I'm understand as I'm talking about the institution, not the, not the, right. the not the, the community, you know, I'm not talking about the community. I'm talking about the organizational structure. And, and so we, we have the wrong perception, but that's why I, I was talking to somebody this week about this. And, and I was saying, the problem is, is that between not having it and having it is renewing your mind. Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yeah. In other words, it's here, but you're not going to get it if you don't change your mind. Right, right. Yeah, and that's the problem is that we still we still have the old way of thinking. It's almost like it's almost like here I am. I I'm born in the United States. Okay, I'm a United States citizen hmm. or citizen whatever. Anyway, Castro from Cuba comes over here and says, "You are this." This is who you really are, and this is this is what you've done. Thereby, you know, now you're under this indictment and this condemnation. No, I don't live in Cuba. I'm not under your dominion. I'm not under your auspices. Yes, you are. You have to obey me because I'm king of all. You know, I'm yeah, yeah. I'm I'm the lord of Cuba. I'm whatever. And he's go and I'm going. No, I. I was never born in Cuba. I'm a new creature. I, that whatever you're saying I was, or I, I was never that this is who I am now. Yeah. I'm born again. I'm new. I'm, I'm this man, but, 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 you know, he, Castro has a big butt apparently, but you know, this is who you are. This is what you did this. And you still have to serve out this sentence. no, I'm born in the United States. I'm in this kingdom. I'm under this rule. I'm under this law. I'm now under this jurisdiction. You have no right and no privilege. And that's what the enemy keeps doing to us over and over and over and over again is yeah. coming in to the kingdom of God and saying, look, you have no rights. You have no privileges. You're still under my auspices. You still belong in my jail under my dominion, under my authority. And we don't say anything. Mm. We get we start believing those voices and saying, Oh, I'm, I'm really sorry. Well, yeah, you're right. I did do that. Yes. That's who I am. No, that's not who you are. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus, new creature. That's something that's never existed before. You are not that old person. That's not who you are. You are a new creature. In Christ. You're a son of the living God for crying out loud. Yeah. So see who you are, see what that Genesis was, see what God created, see that glory that he sees in you when he looks on you. Yeah. And it says, when you see that glory, you're changed into that same image from glory to glory by the spirit of the Lord. 
And all I'm doing is believing what he already says I am. Exactly. That's what changes me. It's not, it's not me working on myself or trying to figure out how to get there. Yeah. It's just believing what he said, looking intently upon what he sees and believing that. Yeah. And that's the thing is you are not your, you can't create your own worthiness. No. Made you worthy. So right. because you are in him, if any man is in Christ. He's in Christ. Yeah. All things are passed away. All things have become new and all things are of God. So, um, and God has reconciled us to himself through the son because um, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, him who knew no sin, God made to be sin, not just take sin, but to be sin that you may be made the righteousness, that I may be made the righteousness of God in Christ. So right. he identified himself fully with who I was mm -hmm. so that I can identify fully with who he is. Right. And, and that's the thing, too. Galatians 2.18 uh, even says something similar to that. It says, I have been justified by the faith of Jesus Christ. It doesn't say in. Hmm. It says, I've been justified by the faith of Jesus Christ. My justification doesn't belong to me and whether or not I was I decide that I'm any better today than I was yesterday. I was justified by the faith of somebody else. I was yeah. justified because what Christ believes. Yeah. So now to find out what he believes, that would be, that would be like, Oh, a whole new world. You know, entering into that would be to find that mindset, to find that, let this mind be in me that is also in Christ Jesus. I mean, let it be in there and yeah. to see things from his perspective, see what he actually created. If I could only apprehend that for which I've been apprehended, if I could only see the fullness of the sonship that he's called me to, I would begin to walk in a totally different way every single minute of the day. I wouldn't exactly. be worried about what we should eat, what we should drink, what day it is, what type of thing I should honor today. I'm here to fulfill the kingdom of God. I'm here to show you what the kingdom of heaven is like. Here, you're having a struggle with that? Let me show you a different king and a different kingdom because he came that you would be created free. You were born free, not born into this captivity and then set free. You yeah. were born free. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, that's uh, that's the thing is I think, you know, to put off the old, put on the new, you've got to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Transformation has got to happen within the perception just because you're saved, um, you know, just because you're born again, made a commitment to Christ, just because you read your Bible, doesn't mean the old is put off. Right. The thing is like, you know, your mindset can keep you trapped in the old. And unfortunately, again, considering the two enemies, one is ignorance, one is religion, you know, and, and you've got to recognize because you can't fight an enemy that you don't acknowledge and don't right. recognize. Uh, you know, right. You gotta right. Know them, see them, and be able to say, that's not what I'm going to be. You know? Right. And listen, hey, there's still areas probably in me and you that we're still dealing with as far as. Oh, help us. Yes. We've been bombarded with this stuff for 40 years, you know, and, and uh, I know for me, it's just like this process of understanding the kingdom of God understanding i mean i've heard this stuff 40 years ago that 
you know, I'm a new creature in Christ. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. And it was just a song, you know? Right, right. And we, we you know, yes, we got it. But I'm telling you, now the older I get, the more I see the, the struggles of mindsets that I have of things that were implanted, you know, you know, that I grew up in, the influences of around me. And thank God for the Spirit of God, the grace of God. But, you know, let me tag on something. That's why God is a generational God. Because the, the, the guys that were going to Israel, they didn't get it. Right. They, were, they had to build the platform for the next generation to get it, to go and possess the land. And when they entered the land, those guys had to build the platform for the next generation. They didn't. It says Joshua did not pass it on. And what was passed on to him, he didn't pass on properly. So they true. begin to dilute, you know, David got it, but he didn't pass it on properly. That's why his sons were a mess. Uh, you know, Solomon didn't pass it on. Hezekiah didn't pass it on. So we can go through all the righteous kings. If they, if the king, I, I put something on the, on a Facebook post yesterday in the group, I think, yeah, I think so. But the first responsibility of a leader is passing it on. And right. Jesus' strategy was go into all the cultures of the world and make disciples. Go and influence all the cultures and pass on what you've got because we may not get it all. That's the thing is we've got so much in us that we've got to break free from that sometimes we don't get it all. And I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just going... Sometimes it's not, but that doesn't mean I have to stay behind. That doesn't mean I have to believe in the, you know, that I'm stuck in religion and stuck in ignorance. It means that, okay, I've got to continue. I'm 60 years old in three weeks time. I'm still renewing my mind. You know, I'm still, I'm still capturing mindsets. I'm going, why am I thinking like that? I have to, you know, and now comes the apostolic war. Uh, right, that, right, which know, is what we, we were talking about too. <laughs> we were talking about that too, and and uh, <clears throat> I did a whole teaching on that in the group once. It's because the concept of apostles, you know, now we hit another sacred cow. I can hear him going, <laughs> but <laughs> it's like um, you know the the what people call themselves apostles and what they do is you know, fundamentally not what what they should be doing. Right, right. <laughs> what they're doing is two different things, you know. So, um, and the, the, the apostolic work is not about gold chains over churches, having sons. I've got sons everywhere. That's not the apostolic. It's the ability by the grace and the power of God, Paul says, I, uh, we war not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Right. Of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, which is thoughts and, and that exalt themselves against the, the, the thoughts of God or the, the, the word. Right. But the word warfare there is the apostolic career. Right. And so the apostolic career, not, not just uh, an apostolic gift. It's an apostolic career. In other words, you call yourself apostle. This is what you should be about. That's why Paul and Silas, Paul and Barnabas, um, he talks about in 1 Corinthians 4 that we are, 
we don't have enough, we've been thrown in the deep, we go without, we get cursed, we get <laughs> thrown out, rejected, we're hungry. Yeah. yeah, you know, all those things. You know why? Is because when you prophesy and you preach a nice message and um, you hold a nice meeting and you've got everybody doing stuff, you know, everyone loves you. It's just like, you know, and you're prophesying and words of knowledge and yeah, it's everybody loves you. But when you begin to deal with the mindsets of men and you begin to challenge ignorance and religion, oh, your name is written on stones and not living stones, jolly death stones. <laughs> You're going to die. They're going to throw them at you, you know? So uh, yeah. that well, we need the, to understand. If the apostolic career is having a bunch of sons, I, I have a bunch of friends that have traveled an awful lot. And you ask them how many of the kids they have, and they say, well, five that I know of. <laughs> no. You know, and so who knows how many that they've actually sired. Uh, sired or put into the earth, you know, across, and they know how many people they've been with. Well, some of them don't even know that. And here they have all these kids all over the world, but yet they're, they're, that does not make them an apostle just because I... I've birthed a bunch of sons uh, or, or say that I have a bunch of sons. It's like Paul says, you are my seal of apostleship in the Lord. He said that to some, some guys, not to a church, not to something else. He said that to some people. He said, but it's because he, he injected the very sperma or the very life of Christ into them. So that they became like Christ or they became right carrying the kingdom of heaven or kingdom of god and he wasn't claiming them as sons he just said you 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 what has been done in you demonstrates whether or not i was even sent by god for crying out loud yeah yeah i mean if you don't if you don't represent the kingdom of god then most likely i wasn't sent by god to you yeah exactly and then and that's what we, you know that's the bottom line of it it's it's what we represent and not, right. uh, you know, I, when so, now I, you know, it's taken me years, Steve, but when, you know, when somebody tries to represent a ministry to me now, I, right. you know, is I, I'm not interested. I, I, I'm, it's not that your ministry is not important and that you're not doing wonderful work and stuff, but don't represent a ministry to me. That's right. representing an organization. It's like me, you know, I, I'm um, Comcast, you know, and so I represent knock on doors and I represent Comcast, you know, it's like, uh, it's the same thing, or I represent, you know, Amway or whatever the story. Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, we, we are so much more than that. As a citizen, when you go, and, and of course, citizens often don't realize their own privileges, so... You know, as a citizen, you come to when when you came to South Africa, you know, you you rep, we're representing your country. I'm I understand. I hadn't been to America when I met you. So when when I no, I I did. I met you in America. But you know, when I first met Americans coming to South Africa, it wasn't like um, they. I hadn't been, so I don't know what America's like. So the people I meet tells me. What right. is the culture? What is the people like? What is the right. like? 
you know, uh, the way they talk, the way they are, the way they befriend you, the way they receive you, that, you know, their values, their norms, their, um, their dress, the way they talk, you know, all of that tells you what is the culture of America. Right. I didn't wear a dress, did I, when I met you? Um, <laughs> gee, now you know, you know, you're going to be worried. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Okay, good. <laughs> so, but, you know, that's, and that's how we're supposed to be. And right. we right. have to become, we have to realize that we've been translated out of one into the other. And so we are in, but we're not of. And, and right. therefore we, but we are in, but we're not of. So we're not. No, that, that translated is, a, is an interesting word. Because it's it's metamorphu, yes, metamorphosis. It's something you were cocooned over here. When you were translated, you became this. You're not a caterpillar anymore. You became this butterfly. Now you became yeah. something that's totally different than what even existed before yeah. in this kingdom. Yeah, and so that metamorphosis took place almost instantaneously because you've been translated. It's like. It's like once you were standing here, now you're standing here. Yeah, exactly. And once you were in this kingdom, now you're in this kingdom. Once you were in Cuba, now you're in the United States. You know, whatever it is, now yes. you're over here. So I've got a whole new placement, a whole new list of laws, a whole new list of whatever it is that I now live by. Yes. So what's That's up? Iran. I'm just looking up. I mean, a scripture that always like really oh. speaks to me is um, Romans 12, 2. And it says, um, embracing what God, this is from the message, but embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Wow. Instead, fix your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out. Hmm. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. And I want to say insecurity as well. Right. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. <clears throat> and he does that as you embrace what God has done is doing for you and don't become so well adjusted to your culture. Wow. So, um, you know, that, to me, that's like so powerful. That really, really says um, what it's about, you know, you know, what's amazing about that. Uh, whenever you go to sell a house, what is the one most important thing that they tell you? Curb appeal. Okay. So I don't even heard of that one. But yeah, curb appeal means what does it look like when I drive up? Ah, uh, right. Or drive by. What does it look like? Because you want to attract the customer. You want to attract the person who might be interested. So yeah. a lot of a lot of us have been trained to have curb appeal. Yeah. We've been trained to have all the outward appearance and everything else, but that particular scripture talks about change from the inside. Yes. It's a whole different mindset. You're changed from the inside. There, therefore, then your outward appearance becomes something different because of what happened inside. That's it. 
And so you're not working from the outside in, you're working from the inside, inside out. Inside out, exactly. You have to be recultured. Right. Recultured means you have to adopt. And that's the th that's what we don't, you know, people just go, well, you know, as long as you saved, everything's going to be fine. I'm going, well, no, it's, you know, because I understand that that's like Jesus said, you cannot enter the kingdom unless you're born again. So right. that's the entry. But there was so much that we, he, and he only said that to one person at night who was a religious leader, <laughs> nobody else around one person. Right. So, you know, but we've built this whole empire around that one thing because there's so much more to it than that. And the thing about it is, is that Christians tend to be the ones that are the most difficult, divorced, um, struggling, you know, uh, unhappy people just walking around trying to shove scriptures in people's faces and say, come to our meetings. And it just, you know, maybe I'm being a bit facetious here, but I, what I'm saying is, is that we've got to recognize that we, we are maladjusted. We are, we've, we've become we, the, the, the yeast that we're supposed to bring is now become dough. You know, it's like not the other way around. We've become, we've become, the world and the world has kind of moved on but we've become the world instead of being changed so that we we become the values and the norms it's not about wear a tie wear a dress wear a thing on your head wear stockings wear you know uh, long sleeves don't wear shorts oh gosh um, i've been to countries don't wear shorts i mean you just like don't wear shorts so what are we family or what you know no 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 they don't listen to you if you don't wear short if you wear shorts it's like it's hot you know what's the matter with you people you know just like become so religious but anyway uh, you know it's not about how how we that we dress to get there but when we're there we know is like this we have a cultural standard amongst us we know what's we don't lie we don't cheat we don't we don't um you know cheat on our wives we don't we don't steal from each other when people see the culture then they go i want to be part of that there's something about you people because we've adopted the values we live it out any organization the first thing you work with is what i sat with an, a company in england and um and we just began to talk about that as the management team i sat with the management team and i said Talking about their culture, and they go, look at these values. Do are you aligned with these values? And are these values aligned with where the company's going? And they had to sit down and say, no, it's you know, we're talking something that we're not. So we have to go back to the values and say, either we've got to change to the values or we've got to change what we say about the values. And so they had they had a total revolution within the upper levels of management to change their values because they weren't aligned with it. So which means there's confusion in the culture. And so the leader, the CEO thinks he's got this kind of culture and it's not there. He's, no. in this, he's living in this fantasy world, you know, it's just like, but when the management team said, no, these, this is what we're living. And so they went through this exercise and said, okay, this is what our, 
you know, and that's what we've got to do. And I, it's it, maybe it sounds, I don't know, for people, but this is the practicality to me is just, you know, we, we, we want to live our church's constitution, our church's culture, thinking it's kingdom, but it's not. It's right. It's not giving us citizenship. You know, it's not telling us, it's not empowering us. It's not deploying us. It's not empowering and maturing people to the place that they are fully fledged citizens that you can take them, put them in another country and they go, yes, I recognize that. You know, it's like, it's like taking, it's like, it's like taking me and saying, okay, you're now American. I'm not before I came here. So, you know, so I'm still in South Africa and say, you're American. We're putting you in Nigeria. Now you, now you have to be American. It's like, what? I, I can't. I'm South African. It doesn't matter what you do. I talk funny without accent. <laughs> I, I act funny, I look funny, my values are different, I eat burvos and millipup and, and chops and, you know, those kind of things. I say lacquer and, um, and I talk like this, you know. <laughs> so, you have a braai. Huh? A braai. Yes, and I'm having a <laughs> Yeah, so you know what I'm saying? It's just like, it's, it, we, we've, I mean, we're just onto something that we just got to have this reculturalization totally right yeah the, i guess the thing that here i'm all wrapped up in my cords there um at least i came in one accord <laughs> anyway <laughs> oh. ah. but there's so much <clears throat> there's so much that we've tried to do uh to put on an outward appearance like you said um now I'm going to try to be a Christian. We, we should, we should, they should know that we are Christians. They should be able to look at us just like in the New Testament where they first started calling them Christian in Antioch. They should look at you and say, that person is of Christ. That person is Christ-like. Yeah. That's what that word means. It, it isn't a, it isn't a social structure. It isn't a whatever uh, even though it is, you do depict a kingdom and you do carry a certain amount of values and structure in your life, but they should look at your life. They should look at the way you handle yourself, your culture, everything should say that you are Christ-like. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's not, it's not a matter of trying to put on the outward appearance. Mm -hmm. No. It's a, and, and carry my label that i'm a christian yeah it's now that's, a matter of pardon me no i said we work so hard at that and that's right the, right the least thing that you know um if you don't if you don't have that inner transformation steve it'll never manifest on the outside that's true i think if we if anything out of out of our time discussion this morning that that for me stands out again is the reason why we spend time in God's word because right. God's word is the norms, beliefs, values. Um, you know, let us, Paul talks about that often. So because it is what, it is what transforms you. That's exactly right. The life of the kingdom, the, the kingdom value system is all established. In, this is the constitution of the kingdom is the word of God. Right. So, you know, people go, well, I, you know, I don't have time to spend time in the word. Well, if you want to have the benefits of your citizenship, you've got to spend time in the word. Yeah. You've got to know what the constitution says. Exactly. 
you know, I mean, that's the thing is like, uh, we've got three more Thanksgivings and then we we can apply for citizenship. But to, to we've got to write an exam. We've got to study, write an exam, go for an interview, qualify. I mean, you've got to qualify with understanding, you know, the the three um, uh, branches of, of government. We've got to understand history. We've, you know, we've got to learn some stuff about the country. You're going to have a better understanding of the country than 90% of the population. That's it. So, you know, I'm already working on learning the constitution, um, you know, learning the history to it and who wrote what and why and how, and, and what are the bill of rights and, you know, all those things. And, and, and capturing the spirit of it because right for me it's like if if that's what i do is like if i'm going to be a citizen in the country i want to know what i'm talking about and i want to live that so when you take me and you put me back in europe again and they go all right so where are you from well they could they don't have they say you coming from america you might talk funny but you're from america aren't you because we can see you right like right an american you know right that's that's what we have to get to we have to I think the motivation, if I can say that, or our inspiration to spend time in the word is not so we can see how much knowledge we can get and you know how clever and how spiritual we can become, because spirituality is that, is that understanding what are my rights as a, as, as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, you know, is that right. what are the, what are our unalienable rights? <laughs> right, yeah, inalienable, yeah, inalienable. Yeah. Is it inalienable? Yeah, inalienable. Inalienable rights. So, you know, Paul talks about is that, you know, we were removed from the commonwealth, the common wealth. Wow. <laughs> removed from the commonwealth. We were aliens from um, the, the, the benefits of all of this. We were, we were aliens to the, we were outside of the covenant. We 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 were just separated. We were far from it. Um, and all that's past tense. <clears throat> yes, we were. But in Christ, we've been brought nigh. It says we've been made what both Gentile and Jew have been made one man in Christ. New creature. Right. Old is past. New is come. When Paul's talking about the old, he wasn't just talking about our old life. He was talking about all the old elements, all the weak and beggarly elements all the things that we live by that gods that weren't gods influences that that led us astray um rules regulations obligation commandments traditions of men all that is past right you know because paul talks about constantly law and grace um you know flesh and spirit and all the time you know so um works and faith that that's everything if if you get those three those those three components and verses verses and read the new covenant or the new testament especially the letters of paul read it with that mindset it makes a lot more sense it's easy right. to read then because he always he always juxtaposed the two kingdoms yes and said this or this this yeah. and it wasn't this and this you can't have both it's this but, or this exactly but to transition from the one to the other, you have to right. have transformation. And to have transformation, it's not it's not a knowledgeable transition. It's no, it's not a, a membership transition. You don't leave one club and join another club. It's not going from one control to another control. It's 
totally, totally opposite. So you're moving from one kingdom, one way of living, one citizenship, one, one way of thinking. Totally, you've got to be totally renewed. You know, I don't know, but I now it's like when I'm walking around, I know I'm not part of this. Right. So, you know, yes, we we understand it's like everything is an upheaval in the country and whatever else. But I'm going, really, I'm from a better, a totally different system than that. Right. But when everybody's shaking, I'm fine because my political system is unshaken, you know, or ours. But I'm saying just from, from an individual point of view, my economic system is unshakable. My social system is unshakable. You know, it's just like it's eternal in the heavens. It doesn't shake. And I, you know, I know because the word of God says so. Right. You know? Yeah. I have a bunch of friends right now that are saying, uh, you know, everybody's preparing right now. We're going to have uh, the next few years is going to be a shortage of food. Are you ready? <laughs> you know, are you ready for the breakdown of the economic system in this society? Are you ready? Are you ready? Do you have your food stored up? Do you have your whatever stored up? And it's it. What it does is not bringing faith to somebody. It's not bringing the kingdom of heaven at hand. It's bringing that fear yeah. and that intimidation to do something. Yeah. And Christ says it's not about that. What What are you doing running around storing up in your barns? Exactly. Storing up and doing all this sort of stuff. Aren't I able to take care of you? I mean, I take care of the birds for crying out loud. Yeah, Aren't I exactly. able to take care of you? And here you are worried about it. Yeah. Oh, you <laughs> yeah. So it's a whole different, it is a whole different mindset. It's a, it's a way of thinking, but we now have the mind of Christ. It's just let this mind be in you, which is yes. also, in Christ, which was also in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Right. It's an allowing that mindset to be in you because we, yeah. we keep going back to the old, whether yeah. it be the old covenant, the old ways, the old, whatever. We keep trying to like the old, and yeah. the old isn't going to work. No, it's not going to work. No. So be uh, be challenged today and this weekend <laughs> and this week is to go back to the word with a different mindset. Uh, you know, yes. it's it's helped me tremendously. First of all, is that I don't live by the text, I live right? By the spirit of the word, and I'm looking for what I need to know about, you know, it, that's the thing that like, it, you know, people are trying to change the spirit of the constitution. They're not trying to change the, the wording. They're trying to change the spirit of it. They're trying that's to true. change the meaning behind it. And, and that's what they want to do. So uh, you can hold people to the word, but everybody looks at it differently, you know, but right. you catch the spirit of it. You know, that's what transforms you. That's what transforms you. It, that, and that's why, uh, anyway, let's not get into that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I start another rabbit trail. Right? That's right. The spirit yeah. of truth. There we, we go. we got to go now. Yeah. So that's um, that's what I want to encourage you. Go to this, find the spirit of it, read it, get it, make it part of you, let it change you, transform you, and uh, begin to live it so that people can see it. You know, if they arrest you for being a Christian, will they find evidence? <laughs> right. If they find, if they arrest you as a foreign citizen in the country, um, being a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, 
would they find evidence? I mean, would they would they believe that you're actually that citizen? Now, that's the, the question that you need to ask yourself. So we're all on this path. We're all journeying. Um, it's not about perfection. It's about constant growth and development and becoming um, maturing into our citizenship. All right. So from me, Sean, and from Steve, from uh, all the way from Marshall, great to be with you again. Have a super weekend and an awesome week. And we will catch you next week on the conversation with Steve and Sean. Until next time, God bless you. Uh...